What's up, everybody? I hope you're doing great. I hope you're having an awesome day. I hope that you can feel God's presence, you know, here in the sanctuary. If you're watching online, thank you so much for participating. Whatever screen you're watching on, whatever time of day it is, man, I'll tell you what, we can feel God's presence. It's amazing. It's so powerful. So, and I just want to celebrate, right? This is a, a fantastic weekend for us to celebrate as a nation, our independence and who we are. I just, I love who God makes us to be and how we can continue to walk in Him and His goodness uh, as a people, as a church, as a community. And so if you've been coming the last several weeks, you know that we're right in the middle of a series that we entitled Follow Me. And so if you've not been able to watch any of those or, or be here in present, uh, I would encourage you to go on YouTube, uh, go to Grace Church Melbourne and, and watch those messages because they have been so powerful, so significant. And what we're going to do is we're going to continue in that lane uh, with this series and follow me. And so there's some particular things that we want to talk about and address because for us as the pastors of the church, we really want to take this opportunity for discipleship. Because that's really what it is. It's discipleship is following after Jesus. And so we want to touch on the major aspects, the things that we need in our life, how we continue to follow him and pursue after him relentlessly as a person, as an individual, as a, a couple, a family, a church. Like we want this desperately. And so today I'm going to focus on the aspect of following Jesus regarding family and parenting. You know, because that's so unique, it's so different in what's going on because Jesus himself, you know, he wasn't married, he didn't have any kids, but he absolutely knew what it was to be connected with his heavenly father, with his dad, and, who he, and so that's so important for us to, to recognize and to grasp and to allow that in our lives and to experience that. And I know sometimes when people look at uh, my wife and I and our family, the, they'll go, you guys are so cute, like your cute little pastor family, you know, and, and so what that is, is, you know, sometimes you'll see a post and a picture, and that's my wife, right, she, she gets all of us dressed up and nice, she takes great pictures, and so we look like that, but let me tell you something, that ain't all the way it is, y'all, like we got issues, like our family's got problems, and there's things that we've had to work through and figure out, and you know, I try and be a great dad. Like I really, really try and I want to be, but sometimes I'm not. Like sometimes I'm not a great dad. And so when you talk about following Jesus regarding parenting and family, I want to share a, a, a story. I didn't have one of those highlight moments uh, as a dad. Sorry, it makes me laugh. It is so hilarious to me. So years and years ago, um, years and years ago, uh, my, my oldest two, they were probably right around four and six years old. And so, you know, we, we try, right, we're investing in them and we're, we're having, you know, family time and we're doing all that stuff. So we, we, we let them play with Legos. And there was this one day where they were in their rooms together playing, you know, brothers type thing, playing Legos, building stuff, uh, you know, and, and, and we would always put up the gate. Like if you're a real parent, you put up gates, like you gate your kids in, you gate them out. You know, like these children have to be caged. And so they're, they're in their cage and, and they're, they're playing with the Legos. There's a million Legos on the floor and they're playing and, and we're going, we're such good parents. Like they're playing well together, they get along. And then all of a sudden you hear, eh. What do you need it? Give me, give me what? Get and all, and so you know, like as a parent, you're going, all right, all right, D don't don't rush in. Let them be able to figure it out because good parents teach their kids conflict resolution and and like they have to be able to communicate. They're four and six, right? They can figure it out. And, and you know, you know, sibling rivalry hits. They're building their own things, and there was one, one single piece 
right? They're building Legos, they're building people, they're building this town and all this stuff. There was one single piece that they both wanted at the same time. You give it to me, no, it's my turn, I want it. And so finally, like a normal pair, I had had enough. So I step over the gate and I'm like, what's going on? What's the deal? And what, well, he wants this and this and that. And so I had had enough. So I grabbed their Legos and I threw them across the room and like, there they go. And like, what an awesome dad moment, right? I mean, I just was like, yes. And so now, you know, I laugh and joke and it's, it is so true. I, I, like it's, it just continues to stick out in my mind and there probably was a dent in the wall. Like I threw them, those little Legos so hard, a million pieces. And, and so I don't have it all together. I don't have it all figured out and we're, we're trying. And so to me, you know, we can absolutely follow after Jesus. Uh, he is the premier example for us to follow in every area of our life. And though he himself didn't have children of his own, he wasn't married, uh, he, he, he had siblings, he was in relationship. And, and so I just, I see the reflection of him, of the heavenly father and the closeness that he had with his heavenly dad and that we get to experience that. I just, don't you just think that Jesus was close to his mom? Like I do, when I read scripture, I'm like, Jesus was probably close to Mary. Like, isn't that just like, it's just a thing. And so I, I get it, I totally understand it. But how do you and I navigate Family, how do we navigate parenting in following after Christ and not losing our salvation? And so let's pray together and ask that God would show us on how to do that. So pray with me right now. Lord God, we come before you. And uh, Father, I just want to declare that you are Lord over us uh, as individuals, as young people, as uh, future parents, Lord, as uh, mature parents, as older parents, grandparents. God, you, you, you rule and reign over every single one of us. Regardless of where we're at, Lord, we know what it is to be a child uh, and to experience that. So God, I pray that, we would, that you would show us to have this incredible connection with you, uh, that, that we would be able to love on you and receive your unconditional love. And Lord, for those of us that are parents or grandparents, God, would you give us a few things uh, that we can take from your scripture to apply in our life to experience you more, Lord, that you would speak clearly and that your Holy Spirit is welcome in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. So you probably have noticed that there is so much pressure on kids and parents and grandparents. I mean, some grandparents, you, you guys are, are put in the position where, where you're, you're actively involved in raising your grandkids, and I applaud you for that, but there's so much pressure, isn't there? Like, there's so much weight that we experience, and I mean, gosh, let me just give you a few examples. So one of them is material pressure, right? Where we go, we, we've got to provide for our kids. We've got to give them the things that we didn't have, and we want them to have the best and look the best and dress well and have all these things. And then there's also experiential pressure, right? Where we have to have our kids in all the activities. You know, the, the, they need to be in cheer and ballet and piano lessons and, and scouting and sports. And, you know, they need to be the first child on Mars. And like, we've got to figure out a way for them to have all these amazing experiences in life. And, and gosh, we, we've got to make sure that, they're, that they eat well, they have to have good nutrition and, you know, GMO and GF and organic and like all the stuff. And, and so we're aware of that because we want them to be healthy and strong. And, and then they've got to be the best educated kids, don't they? Like our, like our kids, they, they've got to have their first novel done by the time they finish kindergarten. And like they just, we have these big expectations. There's so much pressure 
right? Isn't there? I, I know that even if you're not a parent, if you're a single person or like you don't have kids, like you know, you see it, you experience it all the time. And so to me, like all this stuff, it really causes us to get distracted, because all those things are good, right? I, I get it. I, you know, I want those things for my sons as well. But I feel like so many times it pulls us in so many different directions. And we feel the weight and the pressure. And I just believe that we have this incredible opportunity to follow after Jesus and be discipled by him. That that will help us in our adult life and in every area of our life. You know, whether you have kids or not, this message is going to be... Uh, practical for you and biblical and you're going to be able to pull some things but uh, you know regarding parenting and family I, I have no doubt that there are things that God has for us God has a plan for us as individuals and for our families uh, I believe that there is hope for every single one of us so you might be here or watching online and you're like oh man I'm not a great grandparent I'm not a good parent there is hope for you we're going to walk through some stuff and I'm going to help you take some steps but I want to tell you we're more in control than what we think we really are, and so we just need to step into the calling and the opportunity that, that God has given to us, because this is an opportunity for us to experience us being successful. What does it look like to be a successful parent or grandparent? And if, you're, if you don't have kids, like, you're part of us. Like, we've got a church family, and so that's how we live. That's how we function around here at Grace Church. But let me walk through a few different things regarding parenting and family. So the first one is you've got to parent to your phase, right? So we, we all have a phase. Whatever phase of life you're in right now, you have to parent to that phase. So let me just give you a few examples. So if you have little ones, right? You got littles running around, they're toddlers, preschool, you know, and they play Legos. Don't throw the Legos against the wall. So like they're, they're cute and they're nice. And so th there are things that we can do though to parent in that phase. One of them is consistency. Right? As a parent, you've got to teach them what it is to, to experience discipline and, and be consistent. They need to know what to expect. It's structure. Kids thrive under structure. And then another big piece with that when you've got little ones, they are going to connect their relationship with the Heavenly Father through you. That's natural. That's very natural. So you're a representation of God Almighty for them to experience the love, the grace, the acceptance by their Father in heaven. It's so vital that you would love on them and encourage them. And, you know, in all that, uh, can, I, can I just be honest? Like, is that okay? I threw the Legos and I, 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 I'm not the best dad ever, but there is this thing that, um, it's called discipline. And it's extremely important to have. So what I want to encourage you with is to implement discipline in a healthy way. There's different forms and fashions to do that. But the reason I, I encourage you to do that is because there's this, there's this other thing that, that's called child-centered parenting. And so let me explain it a little bit if you're not familiar. So I, as a man, you know, I met my wife and we fell in love. We, we, you know, we dated and, and got married. And so we were together. We were married and then God gifted us with a child. So when we had the first child, we were like, wow, it's great. But I'm an individual. My wife's an individual. He brought us together in marriage. And then he gave us this third person in our life. So what happens, unfortunately, is sometimes parents will go, oh, you now are the, our world, and our world now revolves around you. And let me tell you something, I don't care how old your child is, they now know that you have made them the center of the entire family. In our family, we decided not to do that. It's like, no, 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 daddy and mommy love each other, and you just are, you're a tag along. You, you got added along the way, 
you know, and, and so you're there, we love you, but you know, we'll gate you in and, and, you know, and, and have, have parent time. And so it's like, we love you. And so that, that's child-centered parent, parenting. And it is, it's prevalent in, in, in our culture. Uh, you, you, you may do that. And I'm sorry for stepping on your toes, but there's some adjustments that you can make. You, you maybe have seen it. You know, here with us being in Florida, if you go to Disney World, you will see all the examples of child-centered parenting that you could ever, ever imagine. Uh, and so real life is not magical, right? It's not like that. So I just would encourage you, discipline your children in a healthy, consistent fashion. Uh, and if you're a grandparent, spoil your grandkids like there is no tomorrow. Uh, man, I'll tell you, I can't wait to be a grandpa. Like, I'm trying to decide if, if I want them to call me G-Pa or G-Money. Because I'm like, <laughs> yeah, for real. So I want to carry candy in both pockets. So this will be my pocket of candy that I eat. And then this will be the pocket. But I'm also thinking about carrying money. Because if they call me G-Money, like, I got to have cash. I just, I think it'd be awesome. Like, I want to be a cool grandpa. And, and so spoil your grandkids. And I love that. And I know some of you help around the home and, and to disciple your grandkids. And that's amazing. Uh, it's encouraging. And so, it, like, that's the littles, right? That, that's a fun phase. But we have people tell us all the time, it's so hard. The terrible twos is torture. And, and I get it. And, and they go, how did you make it through? And, and we look at them square in the eye. And we're like, enjoy those years because one day they will be teenagers. And let me tell you something. Teenagers are way more challenging than toddlers. If you're a teenager, I love you with all my heart. I will pastor you. But there is this thing that happens. And I don't know what it is. Like this bridge that's crossed over from like pre-adolescence into adolescence. And like you change. There's this thing that happens, this morph. And you transform into a new teenager. And so we love you. And so if you have teenagers, like we have to give them grace. Have to give them grace. They're trying to figure things out. And I get it. I totally understand. You know, we have to give them love and help them experience that unconditional love with boundaries. No doubt. There has to be boundaries. There has to be healthy boundaries. And the teenagers flourish among structure as well. And so you have to know who they are. If I could give you one caveat, though, you also need to know who their friends are. There's a ton of cliches about friends and future and, and you have got to know them and you have to be listening and know who their friends are and hold on, like hold on with all your might. I, one of the things that Nicole does, she's a great mom, like she, she loves our kids so much, our boys. And um, so one of the things that she's done now that our, our, you know, our, our young men are in the house, like when they were teenagers, she, she would have them take her on a date. Like, aw, isn't that, right? That's, that's tug on the heart. It just was an incredible way that she would teach them. She was discipling them. This is what it looks like. This is how you treat a young lady. This is what you do at, at, if you buy the food, if you pay the bill, if you, you know, holding the door. Like, amazing. And discipling them and showing them what it is. Because there's a lot of pressure. You know, if, if you're a teenager or older, you know that there's a lot of pressure, you know, in dating and in that environment. So, like, we, we talk about that. We talk about that as a family. And the, one of the other things we try and do is we create memories and experiences. Because you know how you, you want to buy them stuff? And I get that. But for us, we really try and focus on creating just an environment and a culture of just enjoying relationship and experiences in life. And so one of the things we got to do a few years ago is we got to, to go out west to go skiing and snowmobiling. It was awesome. We loved it so much. We just, we just totally enjoyed it. And so I have a buddy. He, he's got a cabin. He let us stay there. Well, he also has 
snowmobiles. And he's like, man, just take them out. Just have a good time. So we, we, we fly in, we go, it is snowing like crazy. Uh, we, we land, we're driving west into the mountains. I mean, I'm talking the, the snow is coming down so hard that the headlights just show how white it is. Like it's just, it's just a wall of snow. We're driving 35 miles an hour on the interstate because I'm from Florida and I'm going, ah! And, and so I got a smile on my face. But you're following in the tracks of the car in front of you, hoping that they went the right direction and they, they didn't go off the road because you can't see anything. The snow trucks haven't come through yet to plow. And so we're, we're, we're heading up into the mountains. We get up in there, just amazing. That, that next morning, you know, there's just snow everywhere. The boys are just so excited. I'm excited. And of course, Dad, can we get the snowmobile out? Yes, yes we can. I'm, st I'm stoked. I'm so excited. We get it out, you know, figure a few things out, do it, you know, start it, drive it around a little bit. And so we start to get to the point where we feel comfortable. Uh, with the snowmobile. And, and so my middle son, you know, he, he's like, dad, let's let me go. Yep, man, go for it. And so it had snowed like crazy. We're, we're in, you know, the mountains. And, and, and I want to share this video uh, with you. If, if you could just watch, you know, so we, safety first, right? He's got his helmet on and, and we're being safe. And he's like, man, watch this. And he's got his camera and his phone. And he's like, here we go on this mountain road. And, and the best way to go is downhill, the fastest place that, that you can experience is going downhill. So you can see by this video, he's going, we guessed somewhere around 50. Uh, and that just based on speedometer downhill. And so it, it got to the point where he was going so fast. And, and, and then he did this thing that it's called a power slide. If you have not done a power slide before, you need that in your life. And so what it is, he, he gripped the brake and spun the machine around. Well, then there's this other thing, the language when you live in a snowy environment, it's called catching an edge. And if you catch an edge, that's what happens before you die. And so it's terrible. <laughs> and so he caught an edge. The machine swings around. It's probably, what, 750 pounds? And then, toof, toof, there it is. There's my kid, you know, helmet on. And so, you know, we talked, thankfully he's okay. You know, a little bit of blood, no big deal. Snow, uh, phone is snowy. That was, <gasps> phone was safe, thank God. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, we, he, he, he texts us, what, you know, what happened? I wrecked it. Oh man, are you okay? We get there. And so we're talking through it. And he, and he just, he kind of looked at me. He's like, dad, you know, the first time I did it. And I went, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's like, yeah, the first time I did it, I was able to swing it all the way around and then hit the throttle and shot back up the, shot back up the hill. So what do us guys do? We're like, I gotta do it again and I gotta get it on my phone. So this was the second time, swings around, catches an edge, flies off. And so what do you do? Like as a parent, I'm like, yes, I'm so proud of you. And as a dad, I'm, you know, my wife's there, you know, you know and, and I'm like, no, you know, you shouldn't have done that. And, Oh my God, I can't believe, can I go next? <laughs> and so what we try and do in our home is we believe that the, the punishment fits the crime, right? That's justice, right? It's, and, they, and they have to be similar or, or as equal as you can. So what we did 
We were thankful that he was safe, but we saw it as a teaching moment, and so he was responsible to pay for the repairs of my buddy's snowmobile. So here's a picture. He busted up the windshield. He busted up the handlebars, um, but I'm creative, and, uh, and so we zip-tied those handlebars back together so we could still ride the snowmobile. We still drove it with the busted windshield. It didn't matter. It didn't stop us, but he had to pay, and it was hundreds and hundreds of dollars to repair that machine, and so that's... We try and create experiences though, and let me tell you something. I tell you the story right here as I'm living it again, and, and same with him, and it was years ago. And, and so experiences are so important. And so when we do that, we're investing in our kids. And here's why we do that. In Proverbs 22.6, it says, direct your children onto the right path, and when they're older, they will not leave it. How many times have you and I quoted that verse? How many times on our knees begging God for our grandkids and kids, have we prayed this? And so, you know, regardless of age, we just, man, we continue to hold on to this. And I know some of you, some of you have adult kids, right? You, you, they're still your kids. You know, I tell my sons all the time, I'm like, you might be stronger than me, but you're still my son. Like, I'm so proud of you. And, and so if you have adult kids, you know, life is different. The relationship is different. It changes. There's, there's still those pressures on us, but there's a lot of pressure on them. You know, if, 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 you're, if you're a young adult, like I get it, it's so hard, it's so challenging, but we believe in you, you know, we're here for you. Uh, and so what it is, is as parenting young adults, like it's, we've gotta have that healthy communication. We really do. But there's a line that kind of, it, where we cross over almost to becoming friends. I'm still dad, and, and, and sometimes I give unsolicited advice, but with, I hope that they come to me and ask for wisdom, and, and I get to share it with them. And, but there's a friendship. There really is. We enjoy each other's company. And so I just want to share with you, like, if you have adult kids or, you know, young kids, like, it is daunting. It's hard, but it's possible. And so I just I want to help you take some of this and apply it in your life because I do believe in you and, and you have to remain determined and you have to persevere and you got to show love. You have to have discipline. You have to show grace. But, and I also want to help on the spiritual side. Like that's my opportunity as a pastor. I get to pastor you in this moment and also to pastor them and the families. It's really uh, important to me. So we, that's how we, we pastor according to the phase that we're in. Or I'm sorry, we parent according to the phase we're in. The second thing that we do is we parent with principles. This is vitally important because I believe that successful families follow biblical principles and apply them in our life. That's our foundation. That's what establishes us in who we are. That's our baseline. We have the biblical principles. That's who we are. And so what I've done, just because in my personality, I'm very intentional and very purposeful how I do things. So over over the lifetime of my sons, I've been creating a document called Things I Want to Teach My Sons. Right, if you're gonna do the power slot. So like things, things to teach my sons. And so it has a, a list of what I would consider extremely important things in there that I want them to know. So one of them is devotional life. You know, what does it look like to be in a relationship with the Lord? You know, Bible reading and prayer is extreme. I, I have things in there about leadership. You know, so if they have leadership capabilities and qualities, just fostering that and helping them to mature in that area. There's things in there about lust. You know, as, as a man, as a young man, as a teenager, right? As a person processing through that. What does that look like? Where do those temptations come? How do we handle those? Things in there about, on my list about decisions. How do you go about decision making? And then certainly 
there's this aspect of self-control. I think for us as people, we, we, we lose the idea of being self-controlled. And we have to have that. We have to continue to grow and be self-controlled. That shows our maturity into adulthood. But my favorite is that both Nicole and I speak to them and we say, you know what? We want all these things for you, but truly we want you to be and to do all that God has for you, whatever that is. Regardless of what I might think, agree or disagree, we want you to know the Lord and be able to receive from the Holy Spirit and his speaking and leading that you know what God has for you. And we want you to go after that relentlessly. And so that's our heart, right, for our kids and probably yours as well. And, and so I just, I believe for us to be able to travel in that lane and follow after Jesus, there's those biblical principles that he gives to us. But if, have you noticed that we have principles and guidelines in our families? Some of them are intentional and some of them are unintentional. Have you noticed this? If not, you need to dig a little bit deeper into family dynamic. Why are you who you are? Why do you do things the way that you do? So we have spoken expectations, but we also have unspoken expectations that we put in life. Like it may be at the dinner table, dad has a, a specific seat. Nobody else sits in that chair, only dad, like whatever it is. And, and so everybody knows it's an unspoken thing. Like that's whatever it is. I don't know, like maybe it's the lazy boy when you watch TV, something, uh, but there are plenty of unspoken expectations. Some are good. Some are not good. And so that's where you and I, we need the Lord to lead us and to show us some of those things. So my question is, what are yours? In you, in your life, in your personality, in your upbringing, in your marriage, in your parenting, as a grandparent, what are your spoken and unspoken expectations and intentions that you do? And where did they come from? Because if we dig down and we look deep, you know, granddad maybe did something a certain way or said a certain thing, and then that got ingrained in grandpa, and grandpa then in his dad, and that's, you know, my dad, and now I'm a dad, and I've got sons, and so what are those things that are in there? Where did they come from? And so the question that I also want to pose is, are those, are, are they related to and connected to moving toward godly principles? So if there are unspoken expectations that are not involving the Lord, those are the ones that maybe need to be adjusted and removed. But there are some, if they're, if they're focused on God and who he is, that's what we want and we want more of. And here's why. In Romans 6, verse 16, it says, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. You and I choose the things that we say, don't say, the intentions that we have. They can either be of the Lord and biblical or not. And so let me kind of phrase this in a different way, because I know a lot of families uh, like to come to church, and you're here, you know, you're, you're, you're in the sanctuary, you're watching online, I'm so glad, we're glad you're here. But a lot of families, you know, this is, this is all you do. This is what you consider, hey, we kind of checked the box and we went to church. I, I, let, me, let me tell you something, over the course of a year, if you came every single Sunday, and no, none of us do, I don't even come here every Sunday. So if you came every Sunday, you would have just over 50 hours over the course of a year where you are getting discipleship or allowing your family to be discipled. And that's not enough. I mean, gosh, in a week, there's 168 hours. 
I mean, let alone how many hours are there in an entire year? Whatever that number is, it's big, right? It's, and so we're only, if you're only in church and that's the only part of your discipleship that you're allowing the Lord to minister to you, it's not enough. We're glad you're here, but there's, there's more for you. And so we've got to make church a priority in our home. Yes, absolutely. But there's more. There's steps that we can take. And so I want to take this opportunity and I, and I want to speak to the men. I want to speak to dads, grandpas, great-grandpas, young men. We are the spiritual leaders of our home. We are. It is. You might not feel capable. You might not feel that you're living up to that right now. And I get it. It's a pressure. It's a weight. But when you look at Scripture, it is very clear that God has called us and given us this opportunity to lead our family, lead our marriage, lead our kids, grandkids, lead all of them well. And so we're going to stop making excuses we're going to stop looking at ourselves and go, no, I can't do it. I'm, I'm weak. I, I don't know enough. And, and so here, those are all excuses that we've got to push aside. And so we're going to adopt these biblical principles. We're going to be intentional about it. You're not weak. Like you are strong when you are reliant upon Christ and the Holy Spirit will show you what to do and how to do it. And so if you're not doing anything right now, like just start taking some small steps, some simple, small steps that, that you're like, all right. I, I, can, I can do that. So, so just, just as an example, uh, just being consistent in, in regards and talking about the Lord, coming to church. Nobody expects us to be perfect. I mean, but, but we're more qualified than we give ourselves credit. So maybe you, you, you pray at dinner. Well, I'm not a, I'm not, I don't pray good out loud. That's okay. Like you do your best. And then the next night you practice delegation. You, you're praying. Like your turn tonight. Whose birthday is closest today? Your turn, you know. We just, we have an order. We have a pecking order in our home. It's my turn, your turn. And we just kind of go around. We take turns. So t at praying at, at dinner, uh, reading the Bible at bedtime, you know, reading those Bible stories with kids and, and talking about them a little bit. Uh, it, and so I would just, I would, there's simple things that we can implement in our life. Talking about the Bible, talking about church, talking about what did you learn when you were at kids' church this week. And so here's why I say that. For us as men, generally speaking, it's easy for us to get enthralled in our work, right? We just, we respect other men that work hard and work to, to provide for their family. And, and I get that. So we can do that with work. We know how. We can do that in our family as well. Uh, we absolutely can, can just recognize that we can take this step. We have an amazing opportunity to lead our families well. And I would say now more than ever, we need to get this right. We need to lean in on this, even if it makes you uncomfortable. I get it. I will help you and encourage you, but take some simple steps. We need to get this right. And we know it. And so let's do that. I want to empower you to do that. So the third thing I want to share with you is that we need to parent with the end in mind. Because the goal in raising kids or grandkids is to raise God-fearing adults. That's the end goal. And so we're not just managing their behavior, we're ministering to their heart. There's a difference. Let me share it with you. So if you're addressing just their behavior, this is, that's behavior modification. So if your kid does something, you know, they, they, they hit their brother. Don't hit your brother. Well, what if... What if they look at you and they go, why? Because it's very effective. So don't hit your brother, why? And so if, if your comeback or your response is, because I told you to, 
because I'm the parent and I'm in charge. Like I get it, but what that is, is that's behavior modification. And let me tell you something, I've done it too. I've said it, we all do it. So what, what the difference though is, if what if instead of just telling them not to do it, we actually change and we minister to them on why not? Why don't we do that? Because if we don't, here's what happens is they recognize that, hey, I can hit my siblings and I get what I want. When I'm upset or frustrated, angry, I act out in violence. And so then when they're out on the playground or when they're with other kids as they continue to grow, they know that they can use force. They can use that to get what they want, to get their way, to make sure that they have what they have, to protect their environment. And then if they still are unable to recognize that's not a healthy way to get what you want, they may carry it into adulthood. They may carry it into their marriage. They may use force on other people as an adult or on their spouse. And that's not what we're after. Because in Luke 6, verse 45, it says this, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. And so instead of saying, just because I said so, you simply say, we don't treat each other that way. Why? Because we, want, we treat other people the way that we want to be treated. It makes sense, right? That's the golden rule. Do you know that that's in Matthew 7? I mean, that's a biblical principle. So instead of just behavior modification, we're teaching them the heart behind it. Why? You don't want anybody to do that to you. In fact, you can use that opportunity to, to serve them, to love on them, encourage them. And so we've got to teach. We've got to disciple. We have to teach clear communication. We have to teach conflict resolution. We've got to teach self-control. And here's, here's the reality. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of effort and intentionality to do that. It's challenging, but it's so worth it. And I know, I know there's days when we come home from work and we are tired, we are worn out, we, we don't want to deal with it, we'd, we're, we're irritable, we're upset, we'd rather just put them in the dungeon, and that does work. I have one. If you need to borrow, no, just bring your kids over. No, just kidding. So like the dungeon... We also get sarcastic, don't we? I know I do. I make jokes. I say things. Sometimes I use negative sarcasm, and sometimes there's even hurtful things that come out, and we say them. And I want to lean in on this a little bit, uh, because some of us, we've said some hurtful things to our kids. Some of us even, you know, we're older, and in our adulthood, we've said some things when our kids were younger, and now our kids are adults, and now they're, they're continuing to harbor some of that resentment from the things that you and I said over them. So I wanna lay out a, a serious challenge. Uh, after this service, some of you need to text or call your kid, regardless of their age, and just say, hey, I'm, I'm so sorry. Because you might be thinking of that one time where you blew up and we all do it. You blew up and, and it wasn't Legos, right? You know, maybe it was something worse. And so you have to contact them and apologize because you know, sometimes it's sarcasm. Sometimes we speak negative things. Uh, it's discouraging. Sometimes we demean them. And it's hard, and I get it. But we can apologize and ask for forgiveness and live differently now. Now we're following after Christ. He's discipling us to parent well. And the things that come out of our mouth are extremely important. And one of the verses that, that is very poignant regarding this is James 3.10. It says, and so blessing and cursing, 
come pouring out of the same mouth. And I hate that. And I'm that way. But surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. And we know it. I mean, right? We, we want to speak encouragement over our kids and grandkids. And, but there's sometimes we get so frustrated and upset and we say things we don't mean. And so if, if this is the process, right? This is discipleship. This is parenting and family. I just, I believe that we can follow in after Jesus and follow the things that he says and implement in our life. We can speak life. We can be encouraging. We can be the spiritual leader of our, of our family. I even want to take it a step farther. Some of us need to take this opportunity to speak prophetically over our kids and family and grandkids where literally the Holy Spirit says things to you that you can speak out in faith and trust and hope over them for their future, for their destiny, for the future person that they may marry, for their future kids, the generations that are come, the legacy that's coming behind you. We can speak into that. God is very much into generational promises and the things that he lays out for us. Especially compliment them when they show times, whether verbally or in action, of character and integrity. Man, you let them know that you saw that. You compliment them and say how amazing that was. And so I hope that I was able to communicate, like following Jesus is extremely important in every area of our life, including family and parenting. You know, and, and regarding all the, the parenting stuff, there's a lot of conversation about parenting right now. You know, obviously there's a lot of tension in our country uh, regarding the, 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 the recent Supreme Court ruling. You know, there's a, a wide array of responses nationally, politically, spiritually, in churches. And so for us here as a church, as Grace Church, we believe that God is the giver of life. But I have friends, they see it differently. I have people that I know that they, they don't see it the same way that I do. And so I just, I want to take a moment and I just, I simply want to acknowledge that there might be some of you that had a time in your life where you had an unplanned pregnancy. You might be experiencing that right now. And you might feel upset. You might feel judged by, by this ruling. You might feel angered at, at what's going on. And, and so regardless of what you've done, regardless of what you believe, we will never ever bring condemnation or judgment, not, not while I'm in leadership here, not from this pulpit. I mean, regardless of what you've done, we never will bring judgment on anyone, ever. That's not our job, that's not our responsibility. Here, you'll find grace, you'll find love, you'll find acceptance, you'll find support. And I actually believe this is an opportunity for the church this is an opportunity for the church to rise up because I know some people have told me that, like, that they were praying for this for a really long time. And I'm like, okay, that's great, that's awesome. Now this has happened, what are you gonna do now? How are you going to respond? So for us as a church, we wanna help young moms. We wanna help you know, teenage moms. We wanna help kids that are abandoned. We wanna look at adoption and supporting families that, that do adopt. Like we wanna help kids that are experiencing the neglect in a difficult situation. That's where we step up. That's where as a church, we step in and, and say, all right, this is, this is our opportunity. It is definitely not the opportunity to point fingers. That's not who we are. We are gonna bring love and acceptance and hope and healing. There are people that are hurting and they're upset. We have the answer and it's Jesus and it's following after him. We've gotta bring good news and encouragement and hope to them. 
And so that's who we are. We're gonna follow after Christ and his example. And here at Grace Church, we have a very bold vision. It's to bring transformation to this space coast by showing the radical love of Jesus. And so I wanna challenge us, like we have a great opportunity to step into that. And, and I love our church, I love you. Like I, I am so proud of you. As the pastor of this church, I'm so proud of you and what you're doing. And so I just, I believe like we can follow Christ in family and in our community and something amazing can continue to happen. And so if you guys could do me a favor, I actually wanna pray a blessing over you. As the lead pastor, I get this opportunity. So if you guys could stand up uh, in the sanctuary, if you're watching online, just receive this prayer of blessing from me before we go to our closing song. So just, uh, God, we come before you and Lord, we just wanna acknowledge first and foremost, you are all of our heavenly father. Uh, you, you, you created us, you designed us, you gave us life, you gave us breath in our lungs and Lord, we love you for that. And so God, would you also help us to, to better understand you and who you are. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you for stepping in the, in the way and in, in the path because we, we had sin and, and we have issues and problems and Jesus, thank you for, for making a way, bridging a gap between us and our dad in heaven and, and we appreciate that so much. And so Lord, I pray that you would also give us your Holy Spirit to be empowered, to be emboldened, to experience you like never before. Lord, that we would be able to step into forgiveness and repentance. Lord, I pray for a supernatural anointing right now for the reconciliation of relationships, for dads with sons and daughters and moms with kids and grandparents with kids. And Lord, I pray a generational blessing on this house, this church family, this body of people that you've brought together. Lord, I speak out the reality of who you are. Lord, it says in your word to the third and the fourth generation, to the thousand generations. Lord, we speak that out, the reality of knowing you and following you. And Lord, we ask for your help. We ask that you would lead us and guide us in all things. Lord, in the times when we don't have it, we don't have enough strength, enough endurance, enough energy. Lord, would you work something supernatural inside of us, Lord, and I pray supernaturally the words that come out of our mouth would not be our own, but that they would be yours. Speaking encouragement over our kids and Lord, that you would help us to mold them and shape them to follow after you. Lord, I honor you and bless you in this place. In Jesus' name.